Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today my guest is a dear friend, colleague, and my own doctor, Dr. Marie Rodriguez, and we're going to be talking about putting the pieces of yourself back together during the healing journey. We explore a lot of beautiful topics, embodiment, creativity, healing your ancestral lineage, and how to really maintain hope and steadfastness and greater connection while you're going through the healing journey. At the end, she shares a little bit about an upcoming retreat that's coming up soon in the beginning of February outside of Puerto Vallarta in an eco-village where you unplug to get plugged back in. So if that resonates with you, I hope that you make the call and be on the retreat with Dr. Marie. All right. Enjoy the podcast, everyone. Welcome everyone to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today we have a real treat. My dear friend and my personal naturopathic doctor, Dr. Marie Rodriguez is with us, and we're going to be talking about putting the pieces of yourself back together while you're on this healing journey. So welcome, Dr. Marie. It's so exciting to have you on the podcast. This is your second appearance, I believe. Yeah, this is the second time. So thank you so much for inviting me back. It's Great to see you as always and great to reconnect and kind of share our ideas and healing together today. Uh, No, absolutely. And before we got on the call, we were chatting and you said something that I've been really tuning into as well and has been guiding me and my passion uh, for assisting and facilitating people's recovery. And especially they're on this chronic illness roller coaster. And it's really you know, having people realize, right, this isn't a sprint, this isn't over overnight, but how do we give people hope and feel resourced during this time? So I just would love to get your initial thoughts and comments, and we're going to weave that in for our conversation. Exactly, because it is a marathon, it's not a sprint, and it can be so hard when somebody, and I feel like I find myself saying this to so many of my patients, is like, you were in the thick of it, you were in the thick of it, and you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel yet. And so how can we support you in this marathon? And how do we continue to give people doses of hope, right? And there's different concepts that I will work with in my practice. And I think everybody needs a community and needs support because a lot of times when you don't feel well, that can translate to a negative mindset. How can it not, right? And then the negative mindset then tells the body to not heal. So you can get caught in this loop and it can be a challenging place to navigate out of. But there are some things that I've seen in my practice and I'm sure that you have that really help people. You know, there's different ways of getting support and also understanding that underlying a lot of this can be like a trauma history too, right? And the body keeps the score. So t- a lot of times with the um, chronic illness, those symptoms also have connections to what happened, you know, mm-hmm. in their past. So yeah, yeah no, th- that's a beautiful kind of overview and we'll dive deep in kind of all of the things that you just shared. And I often refer to you, you know, many of my patients who are open to looking at their complex trauma and really the traumas that they may go through personally, as well as being open to the idea that there is 
potentially, you know, ancestral or lineage trauma impacting their kind of uh, present day life. You want to start there? Let, let, let's just talk yeah, about like, complex trauma and the lenses mm-hmm. you see it and even some tools that you work with it. Um, yeah. So. so what is complex trauma? It's trauma that's been going on for months to years and it can have happened in childhood and there can be other events that have happened in adolescence and in adulthood and they can form these like complex blockages throughout the energy system and in, in the pain body, right? And from an ancestral perspective, our lineages want to heal, right? And so they will want to heal through those of us who are called, who have the, the calling. And a lot of times we don't have a choice and our bodies can start to manifest some of the symptoms of what hasn't been healed or resolved. And a lot of times I'll have this conversation with people to kind of get um, a fresh perspective on their journey and on their life where they'll feel such a disconnect because their functioning isn't at the same level that other people are functioning and they feel like they're in a different world. And so I'll find myself telling them like, you know, you do have one foot in both worlds. You're doing this really deep healing that people don't understand. But I find myself really mirroring back to them a lot because I get it because I feel like I've been living it. And so I'm like, you're, this is your real job, even though this isn't the job that doesn't make the quote unquote money, like you're healing an entire lineage. And then like over the course of time, they start to understand it and they start to, you know, gain insights and find other healers and find community and begin to reframe their perspective of their life, right? Begin to have a different view on what they're here here to do. You know, I just had a client who she's a mutual client actually. And she had a really powerful experience on a vacation where she could feel the sadness of the earth. And I was like, look, not many people feel that. I'm like, let me just reflect back to you that this is huge. And she's like, well, thank you for telling me that. I just feel crazy because everybody else here is going out for happy hour. And I'm just like, after one drink, I'm like, okay, that's enough. And, you know, so it can be hard for people who have different orientations from their community. Right. And so I would think I would encourage people to kind of expand their vision for themselves that we really are more than three-dimensional. We're multidimensional. And there is a whole lot more to life than what we see on the day-to-day. And the more that people can be open to that, the more they can just have a greater sense of ease. You know, I talk a lot about, and I think you do too, a connection to something, something bigger, something more powerful than us. That helps so much. I think when you don't have that, not to sound extremely negative, but can almost feel like, what's the point? You know, you're suffering this much and you don't see light at the end of the tunnel and this is all you have, right? That can make it even more challenging. So we talk to people a lot about that and creative expression is huge. I've seen that just really help people heal much more quickly yeah. in the creative outlet. And I think seeing this like greater context, right? And the more that I think you can connect and understand that there are all these invisible forces and, you know, fields of information and all of these things that we are amongst, you know, and see the bigger picture and the bigger context. And, you know, you're not alone on this journey. The more that I see patients 
really, you know, step into that and connect with that. And also their sensitivity becomes this like knowing that they navigate from, you know, that that's a huge silver lining, I think, in this really hard experience. And so if you're there, awesome. If, you know, you want to get there and you're not, maybe let's break that down, right? Like, okay, like the greater picture and also to how to really be embodied and develop this like internal knowing. So as you're working with different practitioners or doing different things, you just really have like, you know, okay, they're giving you like this, you know, tray of information, but you're, you are not disempowered. Like you can very much, you know, tune into what you need as well. Right. Yeah. And it's a process that'll develop over time. The more that you show up for yourself and the more that you're open to these different influences, these different fields of energy that will inform your healing path. I often talk about helping people get back inside of their body, right? Because with complex trauma, a lot of us survive childhood and experiences by kind of leaving our body because we needed to stay in the families that we were growing up in and we didn't feel safe. So it was safer to just be physically present, but then energetically be elsewhere. And that can be a block to healing because if we're so used to going out of our body, how is our life force energy going to be running through our organs and cells? We need that energy to heal. And so helping people to cultivate community, like what does safety look like? What does safety feel like? Because that needs to be cultivated so it can be safe to be in our body, right? And beginning to navigate from that point and choosing practitioners who kind of understand, understand these concepts. And I talk a lot about helping people find a power place in nature. You know, when you have these different energies around you beginning to open yourself up and relate to them. Nature is this loving, dynamic, powerful source of energy. And I'm talking, I mean, earthing is powerful. There's so much wonderful research on that. And I'm a big advocate of that. But even one step beyond that is cultivating that relationship as a way to reparent, remother yourself. You know, I'll give people some shamanic homework. It's like, find your power spot and go visit visit that tree periodically. And when you first visit it with a recognition and an introduction, and people might think I'm a little kooky and out there, and I'm like, just try it, you know, over the course of time, or visit that creek. But when you build that pathway, it can become really healing. You go out there regularly, and you build, it's like you're building that bridge, or you're building that, that energetic pathway, that connection to these power places your wiring begins to attune to that and your body, you might wake up and you're like, oh, I feel kind of heavy. Or then you take the time to go out and you feel better. Then you've built a pathway. Oh, I can go on this walk and go down to the creek or go to this tree. And then that becomes a healing ally for you. And you continue to do it. And that's like more of a shamanic concept, but there's little things like that people can weave in that are non-linear and non-scientific, but you know, kind of add into their um, treatment plan. Like what are these additional sources of support that can be a buoy when they're in this like long, you know, long haul, this marathon of healing. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that idea of, you know, finding your power place and, you know, feeling like held, right? Like held and seen and supported by, you know, mother earth and nature and 
all of the energies, you know, that you are have at the power power place. I, I'm just, you know, thinking as you talk about it, the more that it's like, it's kind of like an exercise, the more that you trust and exercise that muscle, the more you can just kind of step in probably to the energy of that space and receive healing and receive insight and um, just receive connection. I think that's really cool. So I think we kind of glossed over for my questioning, but I want to kind of go back. So we talked about embodiment, safety, connection, all of these wonderful things. The lineage and ancestral lineage healing, a lot of people in my audience are probably in tune with, but this can still maybe be in a new concept. Maybe some of my patients have like done EMDR or Olympic retraining or done, you know, different kind of experiences to heal their personal trauma. But uh, how does the first like ancestral trauma like manifest in your body? And then maybe discuss like the constellation work. And I know you have your own kind of blend of your forever student. I love that you're always going to different conferences and learning different modalities and bringing them into your own, you know, unique magic. But um, like, how do you alchemize that? Yeah. And that can be, you know, complicated too, right? Because I feel like it's, it can be um, pieces of it done over time. And usually it's when someone's on a prolonged healing path and it feels that they slip back or that these sessions that feel powerful, they make some gains, but it's not exactly as big of a shift as you expected it to be. So I think of something that's been kind of passed through the generations, like vertically, right? Rather than this lifetime, which I think of as, you know, more horizontally, we see the timeline of your life and this happened, you got this toxicity or this event, let's go back and do this. But when it's like passed along epigenetically, it's nonlinear, you know, it's complex and usually it won't make sense medically, right? Like something will happen and it's, you know, probably through your testing, you, it probably comes up and you can pinpoint that you're really good at that testing. I can't even begin to do it, but people will come in like, Dr. Christine has said that. I'm like, oh, wow, that's amazing. But I will feel it in the field as just, I'll get different pieces of information. I'll sense in their energy field, like a presence or just something feels really big. Something feels bigger than them. Right. And it's, feels like it goes beyond their physical body. Like I, when I'm working with cranial sacral, I feel the tide and I'm doing a lot of my sessions that incorporate ancestral healing via distance, which I can actually feel it better that way, but it'll just feel like there's this heavy presence that just comes in the room. And from a constellation perspective, I almost feel like the ancestral field kind of shows up. And when they show up, we're really working to, on behalf of them, to honor them. And I, we can't put an agenda, even though this field is perhaps responsible for somebody's hormonal imbalance or some like in women, like fibroids, a lot of cases of fertility issues um, connect with the female line, like what has been held back, having been oppressed or it hasn't been safe to express your power. So then that affects the, can affect the female system. Right. So I see a lot of that in my practice and what started out as, Oh, let's give this back to your ancestors. This is way too much for you to carry because that has been like the general lingo in constellation circles has turned into 
let's honor and witness what your ancestors carried. They need to be seen. They need to be witnessed. This was so much. And whatever symptomatology has been passed through the line has been from a place of wanting resolution, right? It has, and their way is certainly different from your way and it's served a purpose. And this energetic cutting off from the power center, the female power center that I, you know, see in a lot of women was a way they had to survive, was how they got through. And as we help ourselves and help other women feel safe to carry that power, because they weren't safe to really carry that power within the womb, because, you know, we know the world that we live in, right? And so it can be encoded in women that if I embody this, I'm going to die. And so little by little, just witnessing and even honoring, like, you know, you all had to do that because you had no other choice. And as I step into my power, may it bring you many blessings. You've had your way and I'm choosing a new way. And really following guidance, you know, a lot of times there'll be some, you know, aftercare and there's steps to it. Usually it's a pattern of holding back power, whether it's with women or just in general. And when there's a withholding of power, that's less life force energy for the immune system, for the deep pathways, for the digestive system, et cetera. And so that's just been a big theme that I've seen. And when you talk about the ancestral component, it's um, from a polyvagal theory, I guess it would be like the dorsal vagal where collapsing and shutting down. We have, a lot of us have a lot of that, have that in us because it ensured survival, right? Shutting down and being small, being smaller. Um, because if you challenge the paradigm, you're going to be out, right? No, I, I love the way that, you know, again, yeah, transmute and transform that experience for many people. And if this is resonating with people out there, like how, you know, is it kind of one of those things where, you know, multiple sessions get to result or, you know, obviously everyone's different, but maybe just bringing to light, like how that looks on their journey, or is it like, just right. weave it in? That's a great question. A yeah. yeah, it can be multiple sessions, set an intention, do multiple sessions. But a lot of times people are working with multiple practitioners and then their the events of their daily life will begin to mirror this back to them, right? I'm sure you see this a lot in your practice where like, I just had this interaction with this person or my ex so-and-so just got in touch with me or I listened to this interview. And so having people when they reconnect to themselves and they set this intention, their outside world will begin to give them pieces of guidance and pieces of information. And I usually tell people to really listen to their intuition, right? And it is nonlinear. I wish I could say, oh, get three constellation sessions, do a liver cleanse and do earthing three days a week. I mean, I probably will tell people to do that, but I would say that if it's something that they haven't really approached yet on their journey. And if it resonates with them, that might be something to look into. There are online classes and programs in ancestral healing that different heal that different healers offer if they wanted to do a deep dive into it and really hone in on that as well. There's just a plethora of resources that are out there, right? 
they might begin to associate a specific pain with that ancestral pattern. Like, oh, my right hip is flaring up. That hasn't happened in like seven or eight months. I think I need to see Dr. Marie again for a clearing or some constellation work, right? People take their notes and they have these different, they become more in tune with their body. And they're like, oh, I think that this jaw pain, that's connected. I know that's connected with my childhood, not being able to speak up for myself. And I did some emotion code work on that and, you know, empowering them and beginning to listen to the different signs the body's giving them too. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're really gifted in that, this work, you know, on many levels, but no, I think it's such an important and often missed, you know, piece of the trauma, you know, puzzle and the unfolding. I want to circle back to, you know, again, I, I love sharing with my audience like this multi-dimensional nature and of how we're wired to heal. And I'm very much a student of it, but you mentioned your pain body. So what does that mean to you? And just maybe just waking people up to that idea. Yeah. So I think of that as a component of our bioenergetic field where these memories get held, right? And I know that Eileen McCusick has her map of biofield tuning. And I think that's how she's mapped the pain body. I was speaking just more globally, more generally. And when you begin to work and tease out one symptom or one area of discomfort, there's a lot of other areas that are all interwoven and and connected to it. So it can feel like, oh, I'm playing whack-a-mole because this happened and that happened. And I always, I get, I'm encouraged by that because it's showing movement. And when there's movement and when there's change, then that's the body's natural healing capacity at play, right? What we don't like as naturopathic doctors is no movement. It's like stuck energy and, um, you know, shutdown or stagnation, right? And so when you have a healing session and you go through a healing crisis, yes, it can be uncomfortable and old things come up, but that's actually the body's wisdom. It's having, it has the energy and the vitality to be able to um, begin to weed out you know, old energies and old patterns. So, yeah. and then over the course of time, it gets easier, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I think about, you know, a lot of healing is, as you mentioned, and there's many different people who've, you know, given these different things, names and all of that and labels, but it's like when there's like bound energy in the body and if there can be a liberation of that energy or release and then there's just like more you know energy to heal as you've said you know and that's like you know just being opened or like what that could be in all the places it could be stuck right so right and how it can be how as much as we want to avoid the healing crisis right as uncomfortable as it is also healing and then typically feel better afterwards but you're right it takes a lot of energy to get all of that to get that out yeah you know yeah to release it and um people will feel tired after a clearing you know they can feel pretty tired for a few days so I tend to prepare people and I think you probably get this too Dr. Christine when people come in for a session do they feel poorly that the day of because they're going to go get on your schedule or have it yeah Yeah. that I see that a lot and I prepare people for it. And I was like, that's actually your body's wisdom yep. coming online and, and showing what's ready, what needs to be released. And we're following it. It's wise. And it's showing us what it's ready to do. You know, yeah. really letting people know that their bodies are wise and their bodies do want to heal. 
and saying that over and over again because that is not what mainstream medicine wants you to think I at know. all. I know. I know. It's the, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. I know. And I, you know, I, I, you know, observe this all the time. And then when it happened in my own body, I've been doing EMDR over the last year. And when I first started doing it and kind of, you know, excavating things that need to be excavated, I would like get sick for like a day or two afterwards. And, you know, I, my therapist didn't really put it together, but I was like, I'm just like moving stuck energy in my body. I can feel it. And you know, those, a lot of my audience know, I go to Dispenza a lot. And I went to my last retreat in the end of September. And I I know like being in that field and that quantum field and that you generate, it is so strong. And it, Dr. Joe always talks about how it jiggles, you know, the water in your cells. And, you know, I'm obviously can tune into the extracellular matrix and the lymphatics and all of that. And, you know, the last one, I was like, it kicked my butt. I was in bed for like three days. I was just like, you know, this is so intense. Could this just be like, you know, because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we could label of why people are sick right now with all the viruses and stuff. But it's just, you know, I know I was like, again, like such old energy needed to be released. And, you know, it's not fun, but it does end, you know, and there's a movement or a change on many levels, you know, so no, that's really, that happens. But again, we can shorten that or accelerate that if you're open to it. It's just knowing what to do and how to do it. So Dr. Marie, we also talked about creativity as another way to like get resourced and, you know, tap into, you know, other energies that are supportive for healing, especially in this journey that doesn't end in a, you know, course of antibiotics in a week, you know, it's a long healing process. So, you know, I, I want to really hear your perspective. I, I feel like my daughter, you know, and her creativity has really opened up like and realized like, wow, like that's a part of us that, you know, like we start with all this childlike creativity and wonder, and then, you know, we just don't make space for it as we get older or, you know, we don't think we're creative or we have all these like, you know, blocks maybe or just we need to bring, you know, just bring them into awareness. So yeah, what do you mean about creativity and how do you work with that with people? Well, some people have, you know, interests, hobbies, and I always encourage that. And for people who are like, oh, I'm not creative. I'm like, everybody's creative, right? And even cooking your own meal, that's might sound like just something basic, but that's a creative act. You know, if you're saying that you're not creative, I'm like, start in the kitchen and put some positive love and intention into your meal and you'll be surprised, right? Make a tea, your own tea, like smell the spices, play some music, just, you know, start somewhere. And for me, I'll share like a a personal story. I always loved to dance when I was a kid, right? But then it was like, what are you going to do with that? And so I just kind of didn't even do much with that. And I had this healing experience recently where I always feel I'm so sensitive and I'm an empath, right? And a lot of energy people will say, well, that's just, you're not, you're just just mismanaged energy. You have to like disentangle. And it's like, well, easier said than done, right? And so my revelation was that I need to grow my own self energy. When I talk about self energy, I talk about your inner wisdom, your true self, your higher self. And that's like our inner, in naturopathic medicine, that's the vis medicatrix naturae. That's what we want to get nice and strong, like our inner flowing river of light that we want to grow. And right, because that's what helps us to heal. And so 
being creative really grows that. And so my learning was I wasn't dancing enough. And that's my way, that's my protection. Because I was focused on the shamanic processes, clear this way, do your earthing, take this herb or whatever. And got to the point of frustration. I told the story of my foot swelling up, up out of nowhere and not being able to walk, really being shown, okay, no, this is, you're getting rid of the old way of, you know, stepping into the new way, which is just be comfortable being yourself. And the ultimate question is, what is that younger part of you love to do? What did you love to do when you were three, four, five, and six? And I really loved to dance. And so that's something that I'm committing to, not necessarily in a formal way. Hopefully, you know, I do the five five rhythms dance now, but just listening to some fun upbeat music every day. And it really has made a huge difference. And the energy from the world or the clients that I'm working with is just easier to discharge, right? Whereas before I'd be like, okay, I need to do this process, do these Tibetan, this Tibetan breath work, do this detox bath. And it's like, okay, well, let's think about it differently. Let's like build up from the inside, right? And something that I think I'd probably learn intellectually, but needed to practice, right? And so I would ask somebody the question, what did you really like to do when you were little? It can be creative just going out in, on, in a walk in nature and really connecting with the beauty, really taking that in and welcoming it and receiving a, a healing that way. It can be sharing a fun idea with a friend. When people think of creativity, they think, oh, I have to take this class and I have to learn how to become you know, a sculptor or take a pottery class. Basically, this simply is getting out of your linear mind, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I see people outside and they're all on their phones. <laughs> it's like the yeah, first thing can be put your phone at home or put it in your pocket. Yeah. And then like nature is creating all the time, right? Yeah. Listen yeah. to the birds, right? People are trying to like do two things at once and get their walk in and then, you know, catch up on, you know, what they missed, you know, yeah. Yeah. or on the pot or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. I don't emphasize this enough with patients and you're reminding me too. I think that's really important. And again, you know, when you get the brain, you know, I've, I've had Garnet Dupuy on my podcast who created the neurovisor and he talks about creating neuroplastic changes in the brain. We have to, you know, get the brain to like soften. And, you know, we have mm-hmm. these, you know, we kind of like beat daydreaming out of like modern day life because, you know, but the brain naturally needs those times to meander and flow and, you know, just go where it needs to go. And like the creative dancer, putting paint to paper, going out in nature, like that softens the brain and opens it up and lets you wander, which is part of creating change in your brain as well. So I'm just kind of reminded of that whole knowledge, you know, so that's, Yeah. um, yeah, there's like a lot to that, to why creativity is so important. Yeah. I had one patient, that was the thing that healed her. And it wasn't even something that I recommended. She actually taught me, but she basically, I think was, um, she had really severe anxiety and gastritis and could barely eat anything. And she's, you know, very spiritual person and she takes things as signs. And she saw somebody doing a painting demo on her way to the grocery store one day and took it as a sign. And she said, I wasn't really ready to paint. So she bought coloring books. And then, so she started these, some of those adults coloring books, I forget the name, but that, and she really liked that. And then she would take it a step further and she would 
get colored pencils. Then she started taking classes and then she tried all these different types of creative expression. And over the course of time, she just gave up on, she was one of those patients who was like, I need to do my labs. I need to do my labs. (laughs) And I knew that the, the notice of the time was spanning out like longer and longer to the point where she's like, okay, it's been a year. I think I should you know, check my labs, but she was really micromanaging and really hypervigilant. And it was getting into art that really rewired her brain. And that was just a huge learning for me and my practice. And so that's something that stuck with me this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you don't like what you draw, it doesn't matter, right? It's more about how it makes you feel and being in the moment and using, losing yourself in it and using that other side of your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I love that. We did talk about embodiment, but anything else to like really touch on? I mean, you mentioned how, you know, when we're, you know, have trauma when we're younger, it's very easy to, you know, leave our body and disassociate. And there's a lot of dissociation still happening, you know, when we're chronically, you know, if you're in chronic pain or chronically ill, or, you know, that's a familiar pattern, you can easily just stay in. And so embodiment is the choice, you know, in a safe place to, you know, get back in your body to give your body energy to heal. But I just wanted to circle back and make sure that anything we missed or anything that you want to touch on, because you're so good at, yeah, just sharing, you know, that insight that I think it's missed a lot. I think that's, I think that's a great point. And so I think that as part of the healing team, if somebody has a body worker that they really feel comfortable with or someone that does somatic experiencing for a period of time. So because a lot of times if you're going out of your body and it's become so familiar, you might not be able to tell right away. But if you're working with somebody else, you can begin to kind of notice, am I feeling foggy? Did I forget where I put the keys again? And did I forget this thread of conversation? So initially it might be good to have somebody on your team that does body work, someone, a massage therapist who's experienced with helping people ground and get centered and present in their body and really being able to feel the difference. Like, cause after the session you'll feel, oh, this is what it feels like. Like I feel really centered in my body, right? Simply going for a walk and feeling every step, right? I have people do their own like self foot massages. I like those. Have you ever used the Shakti mat with like the acupressure points on it? Yeah. And so people, like they have like different degrees of acupressure points. It's basically like a pad and you lie on it from your shoulders to your hips and it's for pain relief, but it brings sensation back to the body. Anything that's going to bring like a felt sense, right? I have friends who are like really into the Deanna Hansen's blocking right now, you know, like just letting like putting a block in tight fascial oh. areas and just yeah. like stay there you know what I mean like that feels like probably maybe it does that too that would be great yeah that and like yin yoga restorative the yoga practices right physical practices I think that when people have been are on a prolonged healing journey and when there is a history of dissociation there can be a natural proclivity to want to go into the spiritual realm right a lot of really talented clairvoyants, they have a history of this type of um, trauma of dissociation and it enables them to like just connect super well to the ethereal yeah. realm. What they need to do is, you know, dance or move and connect with the earth as well. Right. I think yeah. see a lot of healers go in like one, you know, one direction or the other, but we actually need to be in both. So yeah. 
things that, that are really, you know, more dense, more physical, like actually lifting weights is good, yeah. you know, yeah. feeling yeah. if you can, right. If you're able to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think sometimes we want to, you know, if you're listening to a talk like this, you know, we want to, you know, kind of look at the lens of, you know, as you mentioned, like things in the spirit world or ethereal world, but I often tell people like, we're here on earth. Like we chose to be on earth. We're having a 3D experience and, you know, like, so like, don't forget to have a 3D experience, you know, we're in a body. (laughs) Yeah. While we're here, you know, we're in a body, you know, like, I wish, you know, I could snap my fingers and all of this will go away. Maybe that will be our evolution, but this is where we are now, you know? So um, no, I think that's a really good point. So Marie, you have obviously a virtual practice and an in-person practice. I was so blessed to be able to see you when I come home to Virginia on Thanksgiving and you supported me in so many ways and, you know, really part of our family. And you do retreats. So I know ever since I met you, I know you love to travel. And, you know, so I just would love uh, for you to share a little bit about how you work with people and also your upcoming retreat. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So the title of this podcast is helping you put the pieces back together. Right. And so I kind of start with people like where they're at. Right. We always set an intention. And I really follow their, their body, right? I shamanically trained. So I always like set an intention and call in space at the beginning of a session. And I want to support their own life force energy and being able to heal themselves. And a big part is establishing this connection to the earth. So that's kind of always where I begin. And if people can't do that initially, then we explore like what's in the way what's the blockage. I get a good sense of where things aren't moving. And then I'll use my eclectic medicine bag, as I like to say, is this a constellation piece? Is there a shocker that needs repair? Is there some energy that's not supposed to be there? Is there a stuck, you know, something out of alignment? I also do um, some craniosacral therapy in my work. And you know, inner child work, we didn't talk about that. That can be a separate thing, but that can be a big piece of why people can get stuck on the healing path, right? Because there can be these more def- defended parts that actually can impede the healing, right? They they keep people a little bit stuck because it served at one point in their life, but then it gets in the way, it blocks the life force energy. So all to say is I, I, sense where the life force energy isn't flowing. And I, I work to liberate the, those blockages. And a lot of times the clients will see, sense, and feel something. And when they don't, then I see, sense, or feel it. I'm now incorporating sound into my work as well, because I find that people respond really well to sound and it seems to speed things up. It seems to enhance the healing. And, you know, you mentioned me always being in classes. I am in a plant spirit healing class right now, virtual. So thinking I'll be incorporating that. So having people do specific teas and I continue to make tinctures for people. So I'm really eclectic and still working on what to call what I actually do. So naturopathic doctor by trade, but just um, help people's bodies just have less resistance putting it themselves back together. So, and I work really intimately with the elements, right? So 
the elements are present as energies, as fields of energies. And I attune people to those energies and the elements correspond to different organ systems. The earth element is huge and supporting people and healing from complex trauma and chronic illness because we need earth energy for our immune system and for boundaries and for grounding. So my retreat is going to be all about marinating in the five elements. We're going to do one day in each of the elements through um, guided imagery, through shamanic journeys, through embodiment practices, through sound healing, through ceremonies. We'll do a water ceremony and a fire ceremony. And there'll be time for people to participate in an Aztec sweat lodge if they want to. We'll do a ritual by the ocean. And the setting is in Mexico outside of Puerto Vallarta at a kind of an eco retreat center called Haramara. And there's no electricity in the cabanas. So people are going to be really immersed with like no electro pollution. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. And the, the food is all going to be really healthy, you know, pescatarian and kind of designed to people's, you know, health prefer- dietary preferences. And people are going to have uh, downtime every day. So I'm It'll be a restoration retreat. We'll do some powerful energy work, but I want people to also have plenty of downtime and it'll be a day where they can go into town or do a tour or just lay by the pool if they want to. So one day where they'll be just have to themselves. And it's been a dream of mine for a long time, but the pandemic really kind of stymied it. So yeah. it's finally here. There's a few more spaces left. I really wish you could come with me. <laughs> I know what you were just talking about. I'm like, I I would love to be there. You know, hey, it's on the west coast of Mexico, so that's not too far. We have a direct flight. <laughs> so Yeah. Oh. Maybe what are uh what are the dates and how long is it? Like how long is it? It's a week. Date? It's yeah. a Saturday to Saturday. It's a week. It's February third to the tenth. And the you'd fly into Puerto Vallarta. Mm. So and then there's the shuttle that will pick people up from the airport and take them to Aramara, which is about an hour south. Oh, so, wow. Outside of Sayulita. Okay, nice. Yeah, no, I think just my audience alone, like, you know, often they ask, where is a safe place to live, right? And there's so many variables to answer that question. But, you know, again, it's these opportunities to reset and recharge and become more resilient, you know? So I just... Yeah, I just, as I tune into your experience there, it's like unplugging to kind of get plugged in, you know, into in a different way, you know, and to like, yeah, and to come back to your life just with really, you know, all the things we talked about, more embodiment, more energy for your life and your body and a connection to something way bigger and outside of ourselves, which is, I think, a big part of why we're here too. Yeah, so, and being in- yeah, because the, yeah. the group field, we both yeah. know this. Totally. Yeah. When I did retreats, yeah, like I, Kelly and I, we we just kind of had this idea to, you know, I know many people do retreats, but we were just curious, like, can we get better people better faster and shift better in a group? And it is so yeah. true. Like, you know, it is like a week with Marie, you will be quantum leaping <laughs> through your 2024 and your healing journey. So that's my um, intention anyway. Yeah. 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 No, it happens. I mean, it completely Certainly, happens. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I hope that, you know, obviously you have to just make that decision and get, go for it. And if you feel called, I hope you make that call to Marie. I know you won't be disappointed. And 
again, she's such a gift and she's really a part of my team as I practice medicine and support people in these ways. And she, of course, has been really invaluable for my healing too. So I just want to thank you for being on the podcast and being here with us today and sharing all this wisdom. Where can people find you, Marie, and where can people connect? Yeah, well, thank you so much for all those kind words and for having me on. Of You've course. been a valuable resource for me, and I truly admire all of the really deep, intense work that you do and your skill set. We need people like you, and just knowing that you're out there doing this frontline work. I mean, it is frontline work. You're, like, in the trenches, and so kudos to you. You're a huge inspiration to me, right? So drmarierodriguez.com is my website and there's information about Paramara on there. And you can also find me on Instagram if you want to. I share a lot of fun things on Instagram at drmarierodriguez. And yes, I would love to support you on your healing journey. If you feel inspired or called to Mexico, feel free to reach out, have a connection call. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and everybody who's listening and have a beautiful day. Bye everyone. Thanks so much.